Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. I think we should talk about um, like what what it looks like to find a job right now as a, as a customer success manager. I just heard um, that a company, it's really like some good friends of ours just had to lay off a big chunk of their people. So there's more people out there now. There's a lot of services people. There's a lot of uh, customer success people. There's a lot of support people that are, that are getting, um, that are getting laid off right now. And so everybody seems to be pitching in on trying to help, do that, including us. Like we've got this little newsletter we've started, right? And we're sending out opportunities that we see every day. There are still a lot of companies hiring, even right now, because they're in businesses that are work that are doing really, really well. Um, but is the deficit too great? I wonder. <laughs> are there are there enough jobs to go around? And um, I don't know. So you're you're doing this newsletter mostly. Like, what what do you think? Yeah. Are there uh, I think, I mean, I think there is a lot of great opportunity, but what I think maybe I'm learning as I, as we put together this newsletter and what I've thought about, you know, I guess luckily we work for ourselves, so I didn't have to necessarily go through a, a deep interview process and I didn't really have to think about these things. But as I look at the market right now, a couple of things come to mind. One is how do you make yourself stand out? And I think one unique way right now that I've been in our newsletter trying to coach people about is connecting and interacting with people at that company on LinkedIn. So not just connecting with them directly, uh, although I do, you should do that, but also trying to see what conversations are they involved in? How can I go, you know, add something of value to that conversation? And then at the same time, even outside of just that company you're applying to, I think you have to almost like as a starter, go to the hashtag customer success, go to whatever interests you and start to look at what the top conversations are and just start inserting yourself with value. It can't just be something not of value. So if you don't have anything, maybe right now is just to go listen and kind of see what the market is talking about and then start to generate your own thoughts like while you can uh, you know, go add value in the comment section. But um, I think that is probably the key way right now to, to try and differentiate yourself rather than just another resume on a desk uh, is to go try and drive that type of interaction um, on LinkedIn. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good um, for sure because there's a, you can get a lot of visibility there. Anybody can get visibility on LinkedIn. I mean, so the other thing, I, so I think it's a great idea. And then I would also say like, what, in addition to just adding value, I had somebody reach out to me three or four weeks ago. This is actually before all the layoffs started to happen. And I think this person was looking for a new job or looking for a new opportunity, you know, and he had written this fantastic article about what he had been doing over the past year, two years in his current role. And it really summarized it really well. Like how, how, you know, whether it was, you know, what he had learned as this wasn't it. I'm trying to abstract it a little bit, but what, what he had learned as a, as a CSM, like what, uh, what major issues did he have to deal with and overcome? Um, you know, what, if you're a lead, in a leadership position or a manager, or even somebody who's just, you know, helping build processes, like what processes have you put in place for your company? Like just not everybody's gonna be a writer and a lot of people are self-conscious about doing that. But if you can take the time that you have right now, that's the one thing that everybody has is time. Right. So if you can take the time that you have right now and, and literally put it down on paper, you know, that's, that could be really valuable. 
to help and communicate more so than a resume, right? People are going to be sifting through hundreds of the people who are hiring are going to be sifting through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of resumes right now. So to your point, you have to stand out. So I think it's engagement. And then I think it's also finding different ways to display the work that you've done. Yeah. I think the, the other thing that I've been um, doing a lot of while we, while we produce this newsletter and, and try and help the community is also just doing a ton of research on the company. I think that just goes overlooked as you start applying, you know, sometimes and I imagine right now, just in this time period, it probably feels just like I need to get my resume into the hands of as many people as possible and as many companies as possible and not really looking at this from the other side as well. Like, Oh, is this a good fit for me? Like, yes, this is a scary time. Yes, there is, you know, all of this that's happening, but also like look at it from the other side. Do I want to work for this company? Like, do I want to apply for this job? So things I look at, like just go read Glassdoor reviews. And I know that's not the greatest thing because you know, they can slant them either way theoretically, but go look and try and I was, I actually always filter to the worst ones and I filter to the best ones and I go, you know, it's probably somewhere in between. So in the worst ones is that, can I still live with whatever the worst one says? If it says things like, Oh, they give us ample opportunity and Oh, there's, we're growing so fast that we don't even know what to do. Like the, those are things that would, although people perceive them as negative sometimes those excite me. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, they're growing fast. That means I can move around a, bu a bunch of yeah. that. I can help in wherever I can. So I go to Glassdoor. Um, I've been trying to use Crunchbase or some sort of mechanism to understand, is this a growth stage company? Are they publicly traded? Are they funded from a private equity firm? If you don't have access to Crunchbase, what do the articles say, right? Like looking at who the investors are, I think tells you a lot about the trajectory of the business, uh, who's, you know, who's bullish on it, why they're bullish on it. Um, I also go look at the industry that they're in. Is that an industry that I believe in? Do I think that that's you know, let's look, not look at this as a microcosm of just like here and now, but like over the next five years, do I think that people are going to like work from home is becoming a thing here and now and collaboration tools. But do I think that's going up over the next five years? Is that an industry that I think is going up and I can be involved in? And do I think this company is going to be leading in that industry? So those are a couple, those are at least just three quick ways that I always try when we're writing this newsletter and when I'm thinking about this for, you know, if I was in that position, those are a couple of the, the research ways that I would go about it. But what else, what other things come to mind for you as you start researching companies that you want to be with? Um, no, I think that that covers it. I don't know that there's a whole lot to add to what you just said, other than like your, your network. It's just like social proof. Like you're looking for word of mouth on, on how good or bad that place may be to work. Right. But I was just starting to think about like the opposite side of this. What about the hiring manager that has a handful of open positions? Like how do I now, how do I sort of screen through all this and find the right people? As a manager, I've always been, <clears throat> you know, if I've had open positions, depends on how fast the company's growing as to your ability to do this. But if I've got a handful of open positions, I've typically got people that I've been building relationships with for months, sort of cultivating those, trying to figure out when the right time or if I could, you know, pull the trigger on, on them, you know, how, how, you know, so, so depending on how much you're hiring, maybe you've been doing that, but I think the, the same still applies. And I would go back to the same thing that we're telling job seekers to do, which is see who is credible, who's putting their stuff out there in unique ways, actually demonstrating their experience. I think that is the number one thing that I think interview processes are missing. Um, and then I think resumes are missing. They don't really talk about what you like the experience that you had the accomplishments that you made right so we ask questions in interviews like tell me how you feel about this or how you feel about that how do you think about this I don't really care a lot of times right I want to know what you've done right tell me how you did it and then I'll compare that to sort of what I think we need to do here and you know figure out if that's going to fit or not 
So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it on the other side of the coin too. Like how, how did the manager sift through the inevitable noise? Like the, the market for the labor market is literally flipped overnight, which is crazy. Well, what's also crazy to think about too, is they have to do this. If I'm a, if I'm hiring for a job right now, I have to do all this virtually. So I used to be able to bring somebody in for an in-person interview maybe, or I used to, you know, be able, like you said, to cultivate these relationships from, you know, prior companies. And when I've been able to work with this person and now it's like, how also, how, how also do you do that now virtually? And so um, I think, again, thinking about kind of LinkedIn presence, uh, thinking about, like you said, kind of crafting together potentially a, a way that's outside of your resume, I think are two good ways from a virtual environment. Think about that. I think, you know, uh, if, if I was a hiring manager, if I was somebody like that, if the person uh, that maybe, maybe we said, hey, the first step is a phone interview. If that person comes back and says, hey, I'd actually like that to be a, a I'd rather have that as a Zoom interview or something along those lines, those would be good telling signs to me, right? Kind of proactive and trying to figure out ways to engage with me that's not just through a phone. Um, so I think there's other things to be thinking about too from a virtual perspective on how to evaluate the talent. And I think that gets to your point, like that's gonna be a really hard, I think that's going to be a really hard transition when you're hiring for potentially uh, entry-level positions or lower positions where maybe their networks aren't as credible, right? I think as you move up the ranks, and if I'm applying for a VP or an SVP, SVP position, I probably have credible enough resources or references, and I've got enough of a market presence. I might have relationships with the executive team already that it's probably less pertinent. But if I was an entry-level position, I just came out of college, I don't have a, an extensive network, uh, right. I think it becomes really hard for the hiring team to judge um, whether that person's going to be a good fit, especially when you think about what's, what's the culture now that it's virtual. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be the trickiest of all is, is the hiring the most junior people that you need on your team right now. You need junior people. You need a whole range of people. I, I'm saying that like everybody does, but most companies you have a wide range of experiences. And so I think the, the challenge with having people right out of college join your team and what's good about in per like office environments is that you can quickly teach them and they can learn from one another and learn from the people around them. And it just accelerates things. Now we have to do it over video, at least for the time being. Right. So, um, but you know, I, I guess on the job seeker side, I remember coming out of college. I, I came out of college, like in the time, like right after nine 11, right before nine 11. So the economy was already tanking and the nine 11 happened. And like, it was, it was, pretty slim pickings for a while there. But the way that I got my first job was by demonstrating project work that I had done in college. So even if people don't have all the experience in the network, you know, you're more entry level, you still have something you've done in your life, right? <laughs> that you can talk about and sort of display your experience in your work ethic and your, you know, your motivation and all those kind of things. Like, have you, you know, did you do a project in college? Did you, um, did you participate in a civic group? Were you an Eagle Scout? I mean, that's great. Like you did a project, right? You saw something all the way through. Um, were you on a sports team? How did you lead? Like, what did you do? Like, I don't know. I just think there's lots of ways that you can, you can handle that. But yeah, the, the, um, it's going to be interesting to see on the, on the hiring side. Like I can never imagine doing another phone interview again. It's all going to be, should always have, maybe always have been Zoom or a video call, right? Yeah. How do you think about it from the business perspective? Like how, even if I'm a business that is doing well and I'm hiring throughout this time period right now, you know, how do you think they adjust their plans right now in terms of kind of, I guess maybe being cautiously optimistic about right They're kind of trending up right now and the market is what the market is. And so uh, how do you think that they're, I guess, how do they make sure not to hire too fast 
uh, or higher too slow, I guess, depending on what their trajectory looks like right now, just given the uncertainty that's in the market. How do you think that teams, executive teams or CFOs, uh, you know, how, how do you think they're thinking about that kind of uh, equation? I think they're, it's different depending on the industry they're in, but it all comes back to how well they're, they're forecasting and what their belief is in their models. Right. So if I think that despite like, let's say I'm in telehealth, right. I believe over the next 12 months that I can double the size of my company and my revenue base. Well, probably can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if I'm in the travel industry and that's what my SaaS company serves, then I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm going with worst case scenario forecasts here. Like 75% of my customers are going to cancel. So I think then you're looking at different segments and figuring out where you can salvage revenue from and you're planning accordingly, you know? So I, I think it comes back to, to the modeling in the market that you're in and how, how much confidence you can build around that. And then hiring plans to sort of just keep up with, with whatever scenario might look like for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting time period as you start thinking about the different types of forecasting that people are doing now and how, I think that's probably happening on a more regular basis. You know, I think what we've seen in the market um, from a lot of our clients and people that we talk to is that at least renewal process and thinking about just the revenue health and the revenue risk maybe was um, something that they would get to eventually. It wasn't necessarily a priority. I think that now is, like you said, almost like flipped on, the, on its head where I almost think CFOs now, because they need to be so concrete with their plans over the next six, nine, 12 months, and you know, the board's gonna be requesting that type of information that's gonna go into the hiring plan. I think there's probably gonna be a little bit more scrutiny around the, the revenue retention, the renewals that are upcoming, and really having that forecast built out and customer success teams making sure that they feel confident in that because that's probably gonna start to get a lot more prevalent if it wasn't already, and it should have been, but if it wasn't already, it's gonna get a lot more prevalent in the board discussions uh, over the next three, six, yeah. nine, 12 months. It's existential because I mean, the board's trying to figure out how to keep the business going with cash. And that might mean a fundraise and you're gonna have to answer some very fundamental questions about where your current revenue base is going to continue and where it's not. And you have to be really clear and honest about that to be able to do it. So yeah, completely agree, man. How do you think about the, so for, we've kind of taken it now from hiring and job seekers and we're kind of moving up into the organization now we're, you know we now we're looking at okay how are they looking at pro projections and the business and the industry that they're in um but if you were a customer success leader right now right you let's say you're in an organization that's tr trending upward your cfo is talking about hey we need better projections because we need to start hiring and i want to make sure